Welcome to Level Playing Field, a podcast about video games. I'm your host, Andrew Kimball, and joining me today is Joe Summer. Hi. Dylan Wren. Hey. And back by popular demand, Braden Kimball. What's up? And today we're going to be talking about Battle Royales. Before we get to that, though, I want to let everyone know that if you've got feedback or questions, email us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out our website, which is www.lpfgaming.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Level Playing Field Gaming. Now, did you guys see that uh, Assassin's Creed? There's a new one. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. It looks did. so good. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I love Assassin's Creed, but this this new one really it looks like it's it's going to be the setting seems super cool and then just the mechanics that they're kind of they're building off of Odyssey and it sounds like they're adding like kind of a base building element to it that could be pretty fun oh yeah and just like i don't know that trailer made me <laughs> excited for an assassin's creed game that i haven't like every other assassin's creed trailer i've watched it's been like oh, okay that looks cool but like the first one that I ever saw, like back when it was set in like Jerusalem or whatever mm-hmm. during the Crusades was super awesome. And then this one, I was like, I had that same feeling of like, yes, I can't wait to play this game. Will it live <laughs> up to the hype? Who knows? I feel that about all of their trailers pretty much. Like all the Ezio ones would get me hyped. Uh, the Black Flag trailer got me hyped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Origins, I was really stoked the eat the whole Egyptian setting I really liked. And then the whole, it's a giant world and you can go, if you can see it, you can go there concept that they kind of introduced in that one. I was pretty excited about, mm-hmm. but yeah, this one, this one looks like it's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care that they've pretty much just ditched all of the lore and are now like, let's do an exciting thing in this time in history. Cause that's, pretty much all I get from it anyways is just doing cool stuff in a certain time period in history. Although mm-hmm. I was hoping that if they went down the Viking path that they would say uh, tell it from a Saxon perspective but either way I'm pretty excited. Touching on what you said Braden about the lore, it's kind of interesting that in Odyssey they kind of tried to bring it back around in like the modern day and like the whole first civilization thing. They did some in Origins too, but it seems like in both those games, it's like in the DLC. It's like in the final DLC, like paid DLC content that they really go head first into the whole first civilization, tying it all back to that. And so I guess it's kind of like, hey, if you're a casual fan and you just like going to this time period and wrecking stuff, the game is perfect for that. If you're hardcore and you really want to like follow the story and the lore and get that, you know, scratch that itch, we'll have that for you down the road, you know? Yeah. Now, did Odyssey have like m- futuristic like segments, kind of like for an origin? Yeah, for an origins had where you would like play as somebody in the future? Y- y- well, in modern times, it, it's okay. um, Layla. Origins and Odyssey both follow mm-hmm. a girl named Layla who okay. is going in and out of the Animus and like searching for stuff. Yeah, I gotcha. can't speak on Odyssey, but in Origins, you're pretty much just in a cave. Like you don't do much yeah. climbing or exploring or fighting. It's just you like come in and out of the Animus and have yeah. some dialogue. 
Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remembered it from Origins, but I either didn't get to that point in Odyssey or I don't remember that point in Odyssey of like, did it cut to someone else, like Layla or someone else? Yeah. So I assume Valhalla will probably follow Layla or something. Like they'll still have bits and pieces of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it probably will. I think that Valhalla is going to be like the. I think that this style was supposed, was always going to be a trilogy. And I think this is like the last one in this specific style before they may transition to something else. I mean, we'll see. I just remember hearing that. I'm not sure mm-hmm. where I heard it, but kind of how you had the original, like um, sort of stealthy games. And then they shifted with, um, with the new generation of consoles. They did the, I always forget it. The French revolution one. Yeah. Yeah. Liberation? No. Unity. 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 So yeah, with how they switched with Unity and Syndicate and they had kind of like, it was a bigger world, more collectibles. And then it had like the, when you went into an assassin mission, it was like kind of like a hitman thing sort of, but a little bit simplified where, you know, Mm -hmm. pick your approach. And if you go talk to the cook or steal something from the cook down here, then you may find another Avenue in to do this kind of thing. And then after those, they switch to the the origin and odyssey model. So it'd be interesting to see if this is the third in that kind of model, or if they're going to try to shake it up a little bit. I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's going to come out on both generations, kind of like black flag did. Yeah. So I think they said it will. So I'm figuring that it'll be next, the next assassin's creed. That's like the, okay, let's, fully take advantage of this tech kind of thing and shake it up again. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> speaking of games coming out on current generation and possibly the next generation, these might get crossplayed. but uh, last of us two now has another release date again. <laughs> and that affects our fantasy league. So let's do a fantasy critic update real quick. Yeah. Dylan, why don't you kind of go down the line and just do the brief, the overview, and we'll kind of touch on things that that are relevant. Sure, sure. So, as Andrew said, we had a couple of games that came out with release dates recently. So, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima both got announced. Last of Us is June nineteenth, and Ghosts is july 17th so like a month after that yeah it got pushed back Um, because of last of us too i think got pushed back a month so both of those are have gone from being delayed indefinitely to actually having dates again how does that make you feel joe yeah joe now that Uh, last of us is coming out how it's it's a relief um (laughs) it's it's not hugely surprising though like when they announced that it was they were delaying it uh, it was fairly quickly put out there that it was because they were trying to wrap up the physical supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just they couldn't get enough copies because supply chains were being backed up. Um, so I was still fairly confident it was going to come out this year. So yeah. having that confirmation is nice. Now let me ask you this: Let me put my conspiracy theory hat on for a minute. Do you guys think that these ridic- like these massive leaks, had anything to do with? them pushing it out like putting it out when they did do you think they wanted to go a little later in the year or do you think it's just all not connected at all 
I think the leaks had something to do with how quickly they announced that it was coming out in June. Like, right. I don't know for sure that they would have picked June 19th. I think it would probably would have come out right around then anyway. But that's really um, only like a month and a half away. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they might have might have gotten like more production. But at this point, too, I think so many people are just buying things digitally, too, that it's like, does it matter that much if you can't get it in a store? You know? Yeah. So. I, I think they already had it, had the date in mind and they were just waiting until things are more concrete to say anything. Um, and then, then with the, with the leaks come in, I think that just kind of pushed them into like, okay, well let's just go ahead and say it. Yeah. I don't know if it actually would have changed their plans at all. Um, mm-hmm. cause, cause I don't know, like a month and a half is a lo- kind of a long time. Yeah. In terms of if you're trying to react to your story being leaked, like at that point, once it's out there, it's out there. The damage is done. Mm-hmm. And unless you can like deliver the game within like a week of something like that happening, then, you know, whether you deliver it in two months or in four months, I don't think makes a huge difference. Yeah. I could definitely have seen though, like a potential Sony blowout of like the PlayStation five stuff happening around mid June. And them dropping the like, and it's out this week sort of thing. So like, maybe that changed things, but I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's just something I thought was kind of interesting, but. Yeah, now we won't, I don't want to talk about like spoilers for the story, but how, like just based on what you've seen online, Joe, how are you feeling about the rating that Last of Us Part 2 is going to get when it does come out now that it seems to be very divisive? I don't. Th- I don't think it's going to affect the rating too much. Mm-hmm. The fan reception may be affected, but th- the Last of Us is one of those like feels. It feels like the video game equivalent of Oscar bait, mm-hmm. right? Where it does well critically, yeah. Where it's like even if like the fans hate it and they're upset about how the second game ends and all of that, I don't think that will do too much to the review scores i don't know it'll really depend on on how our web the the website there aggregates the scores and what it counts for publications yeah like i think your your big publications your ign's your pc gamers anything connected to mainstream journalism is gonna review it high Mm -hmm. regardless although pc gamer will review it now that i think about it yeah, they may review it a year and a half down the road when Sony puts it on like PC. Yeah, so. if if they do. So what else is going on in the Fantasy League? Yeah, so we had a few games come out. We had Gears Tactics come out for you, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, currently sitting at an 82 on Fantasy or on Open Critic. So that's netting you 12 points, I'll putting your total it. up at 54 so far. Joe had Trials of Mana come out. When I looked at it earlier this week, it was up in the 80s, but right now, unfortunately, is in this. It's 76, getting you six points, bringing your total to 34. Caleb has had no changes yet, although he does have Minecraft Dungeons coming out later in May. Hmm. I had XCOM Chimera Squad come out. It's currently sitting at a 79 which is getting me nine points, putting me at 53 points total. So one point behind Andrew. 
And then Aubrey had Streets of Rage 4 come out. Yeah, she picked that up on bid. She's been, <laughs> yeah, she's been shocked that that was picked up. Right? Doing so, some, uh, yeah, she, yeah, making, making some money moves. moves yeah. But yeah, that's got an 84 right now. Yeah, it's doing pretty well. 14 points. And then she's also picked up the SpongeBob Battle for a Bikini Bottom remake. <laughs> and Emily is away three. So those will, I don't know about the SpongeBob game, but I think Emily is a way typically reviews well critically. So yeah, I, w- I was kind of wondering why she went with another remake after her Pokemon game, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah I, I, from what I hear, Battle for Bikini Bottom has a lot of fans, but I don't know if those fans are critics that will help yeah, her or exactly. if the fans are just regular fans. So, so why don't you go um, down the like, the the list of you know the ranking who's who's leading yeah, so currently andrew is leading with 54.41 points <laughs> i am right behind him at 52.98 joe's in third with 34.27 aubrey is in fourth with 32.33 and then caleb is currently still got zero points because um, none of his stuff has come out yet but his stuff is kind of loaded more towards the end of the year there He's also not um, picking anything up on bids or like, I feel like he forgets that he's playing this most of the time. Yeah. Well, and you know, we'll see after all the summer stuff happens and right. new stuff gets announced, you know, maybe he's waiting to, to pick up a bunch of that stuff and we'll see who ends up with the, the new Assassin's Creed game. Um, <sighs> I'm pretty sure at least two of us have bids in for it <laughs> <laughs> due to some questions that were being asked in our group chat. So Yeah. I um, yeah I, I I'm fairly confident that yeah at least two of us have put a bid out for that yeah it's just uh, who's willing how who how much are we willing yeah, to pay for who it? willing to pay the most we'll find out I kind of want to go back and listen to the episode where we did the draft because I feel like you guys were you guys thought I was making kind of a a crazy decision picking up Alex as early as I did and that's like my mm-hmm. running game it's doing yeah. super well so. I'm still shocked that it was given that high of a critical score personally, but yeah, <laughs> who knows? Cool. So I know Braden, you're not, you weren't involved in this when we started it, but Joe, do you have anything that you want to mention or touch on before we move on? Nope. It's been uh, fairly quiet on this front for the last couple of weeks. It's just, that it was like nothing really that big is coming out. It's all just, little things here and there. Right. But, you know, like Aubrey proved a streets of rage, they don't have to be big to get you points. Yeah. Well, she kind of pulled a grand blue fantasy or whatever it was that you picked up, Joe, where it's like those fighting games typically do pretty well. And I never think about them. Yeah. Yeah. I just go, I just look at like what comes out in the next month and see if there's anything I've remotely heard of. Mm hmm. So some of that stuff you just like I don't even know what that is, but like I think Grand Blue Fantasy is some like anime game. <laughs> and like those usually tend to cater to their fan base pretty well. So it's like, yeah, that's free points. That's true. I feel like you've got less competing like critical ratings too, because not every place is gonna review that. It's yeah, gonna, only like, places that are like fighting into games. that are gonna review it. Yeah. Nice. Well, Let's go ahead and move into our main segment for the episode. 
So our main segment for this episode is Battle Royale games. Just in general, we're going to talk about just the ones we've played, what we like about them, what we don't, kind of our experience with them. Joe, why don't you give us like a, a top level view of, of what a Battle Royale is? Okay. At a top level, Battle Royale is usually a hundred or more players are dropped into a map. Sometimes it's at random points. Sometimes you get a little bit of control over where you drop in. The most popular is like there's some sort of like airplane that you're all jumping out of. (laughs) But anyway, regardless of how you get onto the map, you're on a, a decently large map and you're trying to get equipment and survive as the map slowly pushes you towards some final point and your your goal is to be the last person alive and so the the traditional way you think about it is like your shooter kind of games the first one that i think really got popular was a mod for arma 2 or arma 3 it's very like hunger games in terms of that like bunch of people enter only one gets to leave kind of deal and then obviously Fortnite really popularized it and got Mm -hmm. huge and then there there have been some other mainstream contenders there have been some smaller contenders it feels very akin to the MOBA scene in -hmm. terms of like you're gonna have a handful of big contenders and then a whole bunch of others fighting for scraps and eventually dying out Right. Yeah. So you've got your Fortnites and your PUBGs and your now mm. Warzones kind of in there, your Apex. And then you've also got like Darwin Project. Yeah. Which people seem to like when it initially came out, but then I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. Cause I think that's the toughest thing too is like now when things are coming out, it's, you know, even if they're doing something unique and cool, like if you don't have the player base to stick around, then people are just going to go back to the big the big boys out there well and it's hard Um, too when those big boys are ones made by respawn and ones made by like mm -hmm. the call of duty team uh infinity ward in this case and and they're both free so it's not there's no price gate like there was for blackout Mm -hmm. and so you can play some indie free game or you can play the free game that has you know is made by some of the top uh developers in the shooting space for the same yeah. entry price, you know? I think yeah. that the indie games have their value, though, because a lot of the big uh, AAA developers borrow game mm-hmm. mechanics from the indie games oh, that for sure. have been proven to work. Yeah, the indie's the space for experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of going back to Joe's MOBA example, you know, I, I, I'm trying to remember back then. I know that, you know, obviously now we've got Dota and League of Legends and Heroes of the Storm is kind of like the big three. But I remember like a Heroes of New Earth and a bunch of other like smaller like Smite. MOBAs that would do, yeah, Smite that would do cool things that eventually a lot of them you'd see kind of show up in future patches in some of the bigger MOBAs. So, right. I think the one of the nice things about like the Battle Royale space is that they are pretty easy seemingly to fit into like just a standard shooter game 
like at this point, mm-hmm. especially, you know, like I think Battlefield put one in. Mm-hmm. Well, Battlefield's already got massive maps. I don't know how it is. I don't think it's probably that great. No, Battlefield they've already got massive maps. Struggling. So, yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, well, we can just put 100 players in here in mm-hmm. our massive map. And, you know, I, I think it's of the things that are easy to work into a shooter game you already have, I feel like battle royales, and that's not to say like it doesn't take a lot of work, but I like, I wouldn't be shocked if it stick, if it sticks around in shooter games, you know, I liked how in battlefields battle royale though, it was a literal firestorm. Like it wasn't some contrived spooky aura that was going to kill you. It was like an actual firestorm that had broken out on the battlefield. Yeah. Just creative. Yeah. Battlefield, they just they just missed the boat in like marketing and like the game launched without the battle royale and then it was like six months later or something, lo- like a mm. long time that they finally put it in and you still have to pay to play that battle royale. Like they didn't release yeah. it as a free mode or anything. Yeah. So they yeah. just they made a lot of kind of decisions that would have made sense a few years ago like they were a little bit behind the curve it seemed like with how they put it out their yeah yeah, their uh dlc timeline package whatever you want to call it is pretty old school Mm -hmm. it's like every six months three to six months you'll get some new maps some new guns and if you have the certain version of the game it's free if you don't you have to buy them Mm -hmm. yeah i think uh battle royale is going to we're going to see the same thing that we saw with MOBAs and that we saw a long time ago with zombie games mm-hmm. where you're going to have a, the big names that stick around and you're also going to have a whole bunch of basically like imitators who mm-hmm. just see that like it's the hot thing and try to go after it, but they, they don't actually know how or they try to rush it and just end. like you're going to have a lot of like half-baked attempts at it Mm -hmm. yeah what i like to see because obviously like call of duty is fun the shooting is fun uh apex Mm -hmm. you know it's respawn shooting is great movement feels great in that game uh then you've got like the hero classes and stuff which aren't necessarily my favorite thing but you know lots Mm -hmm. of people like them but what i think is cool and that what's starting to kind of pop up is when you know like dying light they added a battle royale but it was i think it was only like 16 people or something like it's a lot smaller mm-hmm. for their type of game. And then uh, Tetris 99 there, that's technically a battle Royale because there's 99 people playing Tetris throwing mm-hmm. garbage at each other. And the last one to <laughs> survive is the winner. Um, and then like Forza horizon, the most recent one, they added like a, some sort of crazy battle Royale game mode mm-hmm. in that game. And so I think it's cool to see how we're at the point where, it originally started with these kind of realistic military shooters, but now mm-hmm. we're seeing it being adapted in more creative ways in like other genres. Yeah. And I think that's, that's pretty cool because a shooter is a shooter. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like who does it best or what's your preferred flavor. But I like to see those other kind of games put a creative twist on the concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's, I've been playing chess Royale, which is technically like a heroes of might and magic game but it's like cashing in on the auto chess craze that's currently going Mm -hmm. on. And so it kind of functions like Tetris 99, where it's like, you're just playing auto chess. And then based on the, how you do in that match, like you either lose a health or or something like that. 
And so, yeah, just kind of those sort of off the wall, random, crazy ones that are doing something new in a new way, I think are really cool. Yeah. Uh, someone, I think it's since been taken down because of legal reasons, but someone did it with uh, the first level of Super Mario Bros. Um, <laughs> like you, a hundred people, are, was it a hundred? May have been like 50 just for the sake of being reasonable but like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people you all spawn in at once mm-hmm. and you're all trying to like race to the end of the level um and I, you, I don't think you can directly hurt each other but if like somebody launches it as a shell everybody mm-hmm. else can get hit by it uh that kind of thing and like if nintendo is not a fan of fan creations so no. <laughs> it didn't no. last very long but it was still like a unique idea and i like that mm-hmm. i like that whole like here's something quick we're gonna throw you in with like a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. um and you can measure your success based on like how consistently you place in like the top whatever mm-hmm. you know there's something about like most online multiplayer things it's either like just free for all TDM, which is okay. Right. Or it's like you're on teams. And at that point there's, you know, one, one winner, one loser kind of deal. But when there's mm-hmm. one winner and 99 losers, then all of a sudden your criteria for success may not, doesn't necessarily have to be, Oh, I won, but it could be mm-hmm. like, okay, I got top 10. Like I'm happy with that. Yeah. So what are, What's everyone's kind of experience with battle royales? Like, where do we, what's our history slash opinions on them? Like our, our particular flavor. Let's, uh, let's say, so let's start with you, Braden. kind of give us your rundown. Uh, the first ever battle royale I played, if it counts, was probably the Minecraft. Uh, wow. I forgot what it's called. Oh, the, Hunger the, the mine Hunger, Hunger games. games. Yeah. The Minecraft Hunger games mod back mm-hmm. when I was like, 12 years old (laughs) and uh i didn't enjoy playing it that much i really liked watching youtubers do it though Mm -hmm. and then i think after that it was Fortnite when it was in like pre-alpha like i it was first released on xbox and when you'd open it up you were basically just doing plants versus zombies and the Mm -hmm. battle royale was like an optional game mode and then it Fortnite blew up when i had started college and i really wasn't into it that much i tried it some but didn't enjoy it and then i didn't try another battle royale game until apex and it was another thing where i tried it didn't really like it that much and then after apex was warzone which i've been having a lot of fun playing Mm -hmm. yeah so what is it about warzone do you think that's hooked you more than the others well i like the first person shooter aspect of it which apex also had um but i I like the availability of loot. I like the map design that they went with. Uh, I actually know people who play it, which is kind of important to play <laughs> with. Um, and I really like, I don't know, the mechanics they use seem to be the best blend of all the good mechanics of other games, like being able to buy people back from Apex Um I think the gulag is unique. Did they create the gulag? I think, yeah, mm-hmm. they're the first ones yeah, to do I that. I really like the gulag. Because uh, in a lot of... The reason why I didn't like BR games that much was you ha- had the one life. Mm-hmm. And all it took is was someone to just get up behind you without you knowing. And you 
died and you just weren't having any fun. You did what it didn't feel fair, but with the gulag and with squads being able to buy you back, I feel like you have more of a chance. That's also why I preferred games like battlefield over call of duty mm-hmm. because the time to kill was a little lower. And so if someone who was really bad came after you, you had time to turn around and potentially kill them before they killed you. So I, I like all of those combinations, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. I like the that game economy more too. control. Like you have some control over what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have like other battle royales will like tier the pickups you can get. Um, right. You know, it's like you can get like tier one through four body armor. Um, yep. Whereas this is just, it's like one kind of body armor. Mm-hmm. You are guaranteed at least twice in the game to to get whatever loadout you prefer. And so you're, it feels like you're a lot less at the mercy of like, what did you find? Mm-hmm. And you can consistently, you know, try the same strategy over and like, okay, that didn't quite work. Let me just tweak it a little bit. Whereas like in something like Apex, you don't have nearly that same guarantee. And I mm-hmm. like the dynamic approaches you can take too. There's not just one God tier loadout that everyone uses mm-hmm. and you can, you know, pit, decide what kind of guns you like and what guns you're good at using and roll with that instead of just being like, well, everyone's using the golden scar. So I better have a golden scar. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I really like the simplification that yeah that Warzone did. That's probably the main reason I like it. It's like what Joe is saying. I just have my one type of armor. I can mm-hmm. usually pull in my own loadouts from Modern Warfare if I want to. Um, if I die, I don't feel like it's I don't feel like it's game over, and I don't feel like like you still want to play it safe and play it cautiously, but you can try things a little bit more risky because you know, like, okay, we got enough money that if someone goes down, we can buy them back, buy them back, or they mm-hmm. might win themselves back out of the gulag, that kind of thing. And so it is a little bit more that kind of faster paced call of duty because you're not quite as, I don't know, not tactical, but you know, like a lot of like PUBG and stuff is very, you, you're checking all your corners and you're going real slow and you're hiding in this mm-hmm. one barn forever. You know, it's uh, I do enjoy Warzone. I guess since I'm kind of on a roll, I can, can say my history with battle royales is probably relatively similar to Braden's. I played, um, Fortnite one time back when it first like came out on Xbox and was like, uh, Nope, this is not my thing. <laughs> and then, uh, I've played, uh, I guess the next one I did was probably, I probably tried PUBG before apex came out, but I played it on console. And I think at the time it just was not running well on console. And mm-hmm. so it left a bad taste in my mouth and plus all the inventory management and all the, you know, all that kind of stuff just wasn't my cup of tea. I like more, I guess, arcadey experiences. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, then I tried, uh, I think what blackout and blackout came out before apex, right? Yeah. I tried blackout a couple times and it was okay, but I didn't really have anybody to play with consistently and it wasn't my preferred game mode. Mm-hmm. So it just didn't hook me. Apex came out and I played a pretty good bit of that. It's probably my second most played battle Royale because I'm a big respawn fan. The game feels amazing. Uh, it's just dripping with attitude and personality, which is cool. But after the initial like hype, 
mm-hmm. I kind of fell off of it too. I've never played the like the second map or the, however many maps they've come out with since then. I've never touched the the classes they've released since that initial batch. So then uh, Warzone came out, and I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like the simplification plus the familiarity of of Call of Duty and the mm-hmm. fact that it's free, and also the fact that like we touched on in a previous episode, like with this whole shelter in place, people are online playing a lot more. So it's a lot easier to just like group up and play with people. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably partially a time and place thing where like the whole squad is getting on to play. And so that's been really fun too, but I do really like the gulag and being able to buy back and all that kind of stuff. I've also played yeah. a pretty good amount of Tetris 99, not not a ton, but I really like Tetris. And so this version of it is, is really cool. Um, it, and it's free if you buy Nintendo online. So, you know, it's just right there to try it. I will say that I've, I've only gotten like maybe seventh place or something in that one. Um, mm-hmm. but my wife who was on the animal crossing episode, she is like the Tetris queen. I mean, she's, she's really fun to watch one of those kind of people that you can tell they just get in the zone and they just go with it and so she plays a lot more tetris 99 than i do and so it's it's fun to watch her i don't know i think she's gotten like second place before i don't think she's ever gotten a full first place but Hmm. but she's she got a lot better at like figuring out how to like when to send your junk and how the targeting people in that game works and all those kind of whereas i just would jump in and play tetris until i died you know, mm-hmm. sort of ignoring those mechanics. She actually kind of figured out the like battle part of it. And so that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, that's about me um, or about it for me. What about you, Dylan? So the first, I want to say the first battle royale game I really played was probably PUBG for a little bit. I didn't play a ton of that just because like my computer was not really up to par like it could run it but it wasn't running it great right and then i did try it when it came out on the xbox but it was still like a very kind of rough experience at that point i didn't really get into like battle royale games until blackout came out i had dabbled in like Fortnite a little bit but i'm not a huge fan of the building aspect of it like i didn't mind the third person or the cartoony look or whatever but I hated that you had to basically be good at the building aspect of mm-hmm. it in order to like get a win in basically that said, like I have played more Fortnite since it kind of goes in spurts. Like when I come home from college for a holiday or something, if my little brother's around, he plays Fortnite. And so I, I play it more as just like a, you know, it's something he plays and likes. And so we play it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes like I've, I think I've still got it installed. And so I'll jump in occasionally when there's some sort of like event going on. Like they had a, a bunch of Star Wars stuff going on for the release of the new movie last December. Um, Travis Scott concert. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do that one. Uh, <laughs> but but, but that, that kind of stuff is kind of cool. And I like kind of what they do with it. And yeah. since Fortnite um, as a platform is really cool. Yeah. It's just the. I never really got into the gameplay of it, but what, what Epic is doing with that game is pretty crazy. Yeah. And I I will say like playing it on the switch slash mobile, I found like I've enjoyed more just because people don't do the building quite as much Mm. because it's more complicated to do on that stuff. Right. So, you know, that turns it into more of a regular game, but 
Warzone or I guess Blackout was kind of the first one that I really like got into just because I played it played it with my brothers a lot too, but it was the first one that I really kind of liked the mechanics of mm-hmm. because it had the Call of Duty shooting, but it still had a little bit of the just complicatedness of PUBG. You know, you you get your gun, you pick it up, and then you've got to find like a scope for it and an extended magazine and all that kind of stuff. And so it's still, ha- it's still kind of complicated. Apex, I felt like was a, a better version of Blackout. Not necessarily, I mean, Obviously, it felt different, but like it, it still had the complicated nature of it. But I, I liked what they did with Apex a lot better. Played that some, but Warzone is really the first one that I've gotten super into and stuck with. Just because, like you guys were saying, we actually have people to play with. So I, I think that for me is kind of the the biggest thing with my experiences is I play battle royale games more as like a social experience like it very rarely i'll get on and just play like a solo queue but i'm not a huge fan of like having to do random assignment with like different people so if other people aren't playing i'll probably just play something else right i I, like you guys said i like the mechanics that have been simplified i like the call of duty feel of it there's not currently a halo battle royale if there ever (laughs) will be if there is one, I would probably play more Halo Battle Royale. But I don't know. I'm just kind of interested to see where it continues to go. You know? Yeah. So, so what about you, Joe? Uh, I've I've played just about all of the like the big names for at least a little bit. Um, did not play a lot of PUBG just because the the bugginess of it turned me off. Um, but all the other like big names except maybe blackout because uh, i didn't own whatever game it came with mm. but they yeah, had like fortnite and apex and warzone i've played them all for a few months at some point um and then usually just kind of hit that like you know it's like i guess just the the new smell wears off right mm-hmm. would be a good way to describe it you're just like okay this is neat but it's just kind of like get samey after a while i guess um you know it's i i would say i'm usually the kind of person who plays with some sort of goal in mind something i'm like reaching for and so was it like with battle royale unless i were to do something like say i want to get in the top five 70 percent of the time for the next 20 matches Mm-hmm. maybe something like that but there's nothing in game that like motivates you really to keep playing after you've like had your fill yeah it's the mm-hmm. same loop over there's and over no and over. yeah there's no yeah you're, you're, I, like they, they try to do the battle pass but i'm really kind of at a i don't know i'm just old and don't care <laughs> right <laughs> like i i don't really care about dressing up my commando or putting some skin on the gun that like I'm the only one who's going to get to see that. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else that we want to kind of touch on on this topic? Anything else that you guys want to want to mention? Um, well, one thing, one kind of question I had for you guys is like, what, what are some games that you think could have like a cool or interesting battle Royale mode? Even, even if it's not like a, something that sticks I but think is something that would be cool the mountain blade series could do mm-hmm. a version of it that would be a lot of fun i don't know how seriously you could take it 
or yeah. like how much of a meta it would have. But the 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 game already lends itself to like big battles and has a big mm-hmm. map. So I don't know. And the multiplayer also needs something like exciting, I think, to retain people into the multiplayer side of the so game. So is that just like like one like a bunch of individuals are put into like one of the battle spaces that's just like really big they or would have like... to rework a battle space into something more like a conventional br map with buildings and dynamic mm-hmm. terrain and rivers and roads and stuff uh but yeah you have like spears and bows and crossbows and stuff laid around on the ground that you can find in hmm. armor find a horse and run around on a horse i don't know i think it could be pretty yeah. fun it's a good question, Dylan, because I really, yeah. like, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like, I, there's one that I would love to see would be, like, a Dark Souls, like, PvP Battle Royale, where it's just, like, you drop in, and there are a bunch of random weapons around, or maybe you have to kill, like, enemies to get their weapons mm-hmm. or something, and then you kind of duel it out in their sort of PvP duel system. I think that would be interesting. I don't think you'd do like 100 people. I think you'd probably do like 20 or something, but I think that could be interesting. Another that I think would be cool would be like an RTS sort of thing where instead of like guns, you're getting different like types of units that you can like kind of combine and try to manage. Mm -hmm. There's a game. That'd be kind of cool. yeah, there's like a game called Kingdom Under Fire where you basically like lead your units that I think could make it an interesting, you know, type of style. I wouldn't be shocked if WoW had something that they dropped in eventually where it's like you get your different like moves and cooldowns and stuff from picking up. Like you drop in with basic auto attacks and then you eventually unlock more moves by picking up stuff on the ground. I'm kind of surprised that, yeah, they haven't jumped on that bandwagon yet. Mm-hmm. or blizzard uh, themselves haven't created their own like yeah. standalone br yeah like, like some sort of overwatch, overwatch or, battle royale yeah and I, i'm honestly shocked i haven't heard of any like fighting games adding some sort of battle royale in like sort of tetris 99 style where it's like you have a 90 second match and whoever wins the match like you have three lives or something um if you win the match you keep your life if you lose the match you lose one of your lives and once you've lost three you get eliminated and it just kind of keeps kind of like a tournament yeah it'd be like a a really fast-paced tournament or something yeah Hmm. so yeah i was trying to think of like games that i enjoy that you've that like i play a lot of single-player games and so like even Mm -hmm. ones that maybe have a multiplayer component like assassin's creed in unity had like that multiplayer thing but like and then some of the Mm -hmm. older ones had some like competitive multiplayer but yeah or like black flag would be a cool sort of like yeah like the ship combat or i was gonna say like the where you had to like sneak around and find your target right yeah like you know that i guess that almost kind of was a battle royale but kind of (laughs) But something like that could be interesting. I think, like, I probably would have said, like, a racing game or something, but Forza's already done it. And I haven't tried it yet, but I've wanted to to boot it up and check it out. Just haven't gotten around to it. But that seems kind of fun. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but if you did it in a more, like, zany kind of racer, kind of like Mario Kart or Mm -hmm. something, where you have, like, weapons and stuff like that, that could be pretty fun. Kind of like battle mode, but, you know, last man standing. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. Garfield Kart Furious <laughs> Racing. <laughs> I want to play that. 
Yeah, you may be the only one. I don't know. Joe, do you want to play that? <laughs> uh, I, I want to gift it to all my friends so that they have to, <laughs> have, to have it in their library. <laughs> Can never remove it. Ooh. Uh, that's funny. Did you have I'd like any? to see uh I want to see one that's like a little a little tighter um mm-hmm. instead of being you know this sick. And other than the maps are all the same but it's it's all big outdoor spaces. Mm-hmm. Um one that's a little more focused and there's a little more environmental danger. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like kind of like a Hunger Games like from the movies slash books where it's I mean, I guess you could kind of do that where maybe there's somebody who's out there like controlling things, like sending wild animals to attack yeah, or something to, like that. To, you know, instead of having that like going from nothing to all of a sudden, you know, you got a hundred, you're having like a a low threat so that, that you're, you know, you're a little bit more engaged through the process versus, you know, like sometimes there'll be a game and you'll just spend like most of the game running across the map mm-hmm. without a whole lot of mm-hmm. interaction. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, Darwin project game I mentioned, it did some things a little differently. They were kind of cool. It focused a lot more on like survival. Like you were having mm-hmm. to, to do things in kind of like a survival game. Like, um, I don't know. You had to like keep yourself warm and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then there's also combat with other players, but I'm pretty sure that there was like a mastermind mm-hmm. that was running things on the map mm-hmm. and could see everybody and could also, I think like talk, like could talk to the players. Yeah. And so like little things like that are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like would be cool little twists to kind of see maybe break out of those indie, I, those indie games and maybe yeah. into some of the bigger ones. Cause I think what held Darwin project back was that, really had like pretty clunky and simple combat and so other than the cool like few unique ideas it had the the actual gameplay wasn't super fun Mm -hmm. or special but yeah another one i think could be cool is like that predator game just came out Mm -hmm. and so i think it'd be interesting to have like a battle royale going on with like the humans but then have like two or three predators just in there to oh yeah so would they be player controlled or ai I mean, I think it'd be cool to, like, if you win, you get to control a predator or something mm. like that. So kind of like the so. heroes in Battlefront where you get, like, an OP mm. character you can just go wreck everyone else exactly. with. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. Hmm. Well, unless anybody else has anything else to say, we can uh, move on to our next segment, which is our question time segment. The idea of this segment is we are we're coming up with questions ourselves or finding questions in like various social medias or Reddit or whatever. Or if you guys, anyone out there listening, wants to send us a question or something for this segment specifically, you know, feel free. You can send us an email at the email address or you can just reach out on any of the social media platforms. We check them pretty regularly. So we'll We'll be sure to get that in there and credit you and shout you out on the episode if you want. And so this week, I thought um, at the time of recording this, having the new Assassin's Creed finally be officially confirmed that I've, I found a question on uh, 
the in the podcast unlocked Facebook group I'm in, and uh, someone had asked with the latest Assassin's Creed being confirmed, uh, like where would you like to see this series go next? Where, what setting basically haven't they done that you think would be cool to see them take it to next? Mm-hmm. So what do you guys got? Well, I know they've already technically done Rome with the Ezio games, but that was like Renaissance era Rome. Mm-hmm. I want to see Imperial Rome, mm-hmm. like either as a Republic or as an empire or maybe during the transitional period, they kind of did that in origins too, where you see them spoiler alert, I guess you see them indirectly assassinate Julius Caesar. Like it's one of the assassins that you train mm-hmm. uh, goes on, I believe, or maybe you do. I don't remember now, but it's like at the very end of the main game, you right. are one of the people stabbing Julius Caesar. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to see it in Rome. Like you're maybe a, a soldier in a legion and it, it could be actually, it could be in Rome or it could be in any of their like conquest air like mm-hmm. areas. You could be in Gaul or Britannia um, as like a Roman soldier. I just like that aesthetic yeah, being yeah. in like legionary armor, but you're actually an assassin or it could go the other way. You could be fighting the legions as an assassin of one of the indigenous areas being invaded, something mm-hmm. like that. I think it could be cool to, I know I didn't play Unity or I forget if it was Unity or if it was um, whatever one was in England. Syndicate. Um, Syndicate. But like they kind of did some World War One era oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, Syndicate. Um, and so I think that could be kind of like an interesting, you know, sort of Wonder Woman style. Not like Wonder Woman, but, you know, kind of a like that era. Mm-hmm. That aesthetic, that vibe, I think could be kind of cool and kind of interesting. I also think it could be interesting if they like skipped ahead to like futurist or like sci-fi. I don't know if that would really still fit into like what Assassin's Creed is since they are so kind of synonymous now with like history, history. But I think it'd be interesting to see like a sort of not bounty hunter-esque type of thing, but you know, like put it in some, you know, have a bunch of aliens, have a bunch of this crazy stuff and, and kind of see how that goes. So, or just maybe it's my want for another Prince of Persia game, but I think like India during some of like the stuff that they had going on would be really cool. Like in the, I don't know what like colonial era when Britain was or uh, before, before that. that. Yeah. Basically like Prince of Persia times. Ancient. So yeah. Ancient time. Cause I know like they've done, like India and China or Japan or something in some of the like 2D side side scrolling ones. Yeah. Like I I think it'd be interesting to see more of that blown out. But then again, again, I don't know like our other games kind of feeling that's, you know, if if Assassin's Creed becomes like, Oh, you're a samurai. Then is it different than like Sekiro or ghost of Tsushima or, you know, like is, is it distinct enough to be its own game or is it basically just like, Oh, this is that game. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Cause I think there's a lot of cool history from those country or those regions that doesn't get touched on a lot in like modern games. We generally hear more about like European history, which is cool. I like that, but I, I couldn't come up with any like places that we hadn't already been that I really wanted to go. in. <laughs> so, right. 
my big one was like, I want to do Vikings and now we're doing that. Yeah. And it looks like it's going to be awesome. Joe, do you have any or did Dylan take all yours? Uh, I mean, Dylan just kind of threw out like every, every major <laughs> mythology what at about, some point during his answer. Um, what about the Australian Outback? Ooh. Like, you just fight I, I, I the 20th don't century. think there's enough history. Like, that's Dude. that's got to be it. I think Assassin's Creed works best as like an ancient history. I agree. Yeah. But thing. also an assassin named Dingo who goes around killing babies. <laughs> I don't know. Killing babies. Hmm. Yeah. A dingo ate my baby. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. Now that Braid's got that off his chest. Uh, <laughs> I, I think China would be really cool. Um, just because cause I don't know quite how much Origins leaned into Egyptian mythology and like mm-hmm. supernatural elements. Quite a bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, starting with Origin then. They've they found this formula that works well with like let's drop them in a historical time period, but unlike the like Assassin's Creed two, which is very a lot more like just by the book, like you know obviously it's a fictional interpretation, but they still tried to be like quote ground in reality. Um, mm-hmm. Or but when you're, you're tapping into not just the ancient history, but the mythologies that we have now that came out of those cultures. Uh, China, I think is the next big one Mm -hmm. that they haven't done yet. Like China and India in terms of like ancient cultures that have interesting mythologies that you can like tap into and pull from. There's so many different dynasties too. And like time periods that you could pick. Yeah. The, the up until relatively recent recently in history china was always in a state of flux when it came to like who was in charge and all of that so there was never like a a down there's no downtime in chinese history like there was always something major going on and so there'd be a lot to work from and i also just think the the aesthetic too in terms of like walking around the the landscape and the architecture yeah mm-hmm. yeah it'd be a really cool setting to explore for me i mean you guys took all the good ones but (laughs) i remember people kicking around the idea of like the wild west and Mm -hmm. for me i always kind of wondered how'd that work like what would you climb in the wild west and also i feel like guns and stuff i'm sure they could make it work but like you brought up that syndicate thing that kind of like side mission in syndicate where they do like you kind of do explore like a world war one area Mm -hmm. and that was really cool but so i I would kind of maybe like to see that blown out into a full game but overall i think i i I would lean more like lean with joe about Mm -hmm. about china i just feel like that would be a really cool aesthetic and a really cool Mm -hmm. style that we haven't seen yet really other than the side scrolling one um but yeah I'm, i'm excited for vikings and then I'm mm-hmm. excited to see where we go after that. Um, I'll, but yeah. I'll, I'll play it no matter where they go. Mm-hmm. I really liked the Egyptians. So I'm glad they did that. That would have been my choice um, pre, mm-hmm. pre-Origins. pre That was always my answer. And then, yeah. like, I really liked Odyssey, but surprisingly, not as much as I thought I would. Like, it was cool, but I think Origins mm-hmm. was had the, had the better world. But, uh, yeah. Have you done DLC for... 
Origins. Yes, I did all the DLC right. for Origins, and I've done a lot of the DLC for Odyssey. I did the first one that was all like about her and her family and stuff. And then the second one that's Atlantis that kind of takes you to a new area. I'm, I'm in that one, but yeah, it was starting to get a little samey. So I took a break. Mm-hmm. Cool. So with that, let's move on to our, the game pass report. So, the Game Pass report this week falls on me. (laughs) And I played a little bit of Blair Witch, and I played it, and Dylan watched me play it because we were playing around with uh, some video content and getting our feet wet in video editing and stuff like that. So, we used that game for that, and we we, uh, probably played, what, like an hour, hour and a half? Something like that, Of the game. And... So, I mean, I'll I'll probably keep this one short and sweet, but I think if you are a big Blair Witch fan and you're looking for just more Blair Witch content, that this Mm -hmm. game could scratch that itch. If you're looking for a suspenseful or scary game, maybe not so much, because I don't really like scary games that much and I was not very scared. Um, Mm -hmm. And the, the gameplay that I did experience is really unintuitive and clunky and like just... I don't want to say unpolished because it like it looked pretty good and it, it felt pretty good, but it just it felt janky kind yeah. of it kind of reminded me of Bethesda a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. so the basic concept is you're this guy who has some sort of troubled past and you're going into the woods to help look for a boy who's gone missing and you have a dog and apparently you have this dog because you suffer from like PTSD or, or something. You have, you have some mental like um, trauma or something that's happened to you in, in your past because the people that you're talking to on the walkie talkie, it sounds like you've kind of burned some bridges in the past and like mm-hmm. people don't fully really trust you or want you out there or think you should be helping, but you're like determined to, to do something right. You know, you're, you're that guy. Mm-hmm. And so the main mechanic of this game is supposed to be the dog the dog will like its name's bullet and you can pet bullet. And he is, he is like following the trail of the boy. He'll smell things. He'll explore. He'll bark to notify you if there's something here. Um, Mm. and then, so we finally got like an hour and a half in, we finally got to the point where like the scary things started happening. Like we, we got knocked out, woke up and it was nighttime or something like that. Mm. And then, uh, so then, you start finding all these little tribalist medallions or dream catcher things hanging from trees and you find this camera and you're putting tapes in the camera and then whatever happens on that tape has an effect in the real world. So like you'll see on the tape that a tree fell, but if you rewind the tape to where the tree is back up, the tree is back up in real life. So you can continue on your path. Mm. And that was another thing when I say path, like, a lot of that first hour I felt like was spent just wandering in these woods because there was no real clear direction on where I was supposed to go. And so Mm -hmm. I was just kind of wandering and everything looks pretty much the same. So I was like, have I been here before? I can't tell. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was on purpose, if they want you to feel like you're lost, but so yeah, then the last thing I'll touch on is a little bit of combat. If you want to call it that, that 
we <laughs> experienced. And so essentially it goes, you're, it's nighttime now. So you have a flashlight and you can only really see what's in your light. You can't see much else. Um, and these scary things will come out of the darkness and try to attack you. Well, bullet can sense them. So bullet is barking in the direction that they're coming from. So you have to turn and shine your light at them and then they go away. And mm-hmm. that was so much more clunky and unwieldy than it needed to be. Cause I couldn't like half the time I couldn't find bullet cause he was blended mm-hmm. into the darkness. And then when I'd find him and see where he was pointing, then I'd have to like swing around and maybe the thing was there, maybe it wasn't. And then maybe there was another one hit me in the back and it was hard to tell where they, where they really were. And so it took a lot of the like suspense and fear out of it and just kind of made it frustrating. And so that's why I started this out overall, just saying, if you're really into the lore and you're into that kind of setting and that vibe, then you might enjoy this game. But Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd recommend it just as a game. Um, Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on it, Dylan? Yeah. Well, just watching it, it looked very like, like you said, clunky and like it, things weren't really giving you a clear direction, which maybe, you know, maybe that's what they were going for, but just, looking at the other games available on game pass like i I think the outlast games are available on it i think alien Alien isolation is available on it i feel i think um there are a couple of other like horror-esque spooky games that are on there yeah that slender game might be on there. yeah slender so it to me it kind of feels like you know if you've beaten those and you really want to keep playing something in that style maybe blair witch is for you but it seemed like there were at least three other games that probably are a better like game right? Um, yeah. to, to choose. Cause you know, even like when we were talking about like, do we want to keep trying to, you know, do this as a series, we were kind of like, well, I mean, are you having fun with it? And you were kind of like, no, and <laughs> it's not cause it's spooky. I just, it's just, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. And so it's like, I think when you hit that point, it's just kind of like, well, I mean, it's not a bad game. There are probably plenty of people out there that like it, but just for us, it was not a fun experience. So, yeah. So I'd give it like, like a five or a six out of 10. And then if you're really into that universe, maybe it'd be more like a seven or eight for you. But Mm -hmm. with that, let's go ahead and move into our final segment, the closing game. All right, so this week, Braden gets to host the game for us since he's been absent for so long. What what, what you got for us, Braden? So this is a game that I affectionately <laughs> refer to as RPG Spell or Energy Drink Flavor, which I didn't come up with. It was created by Zach Zweizen uh, from Kotaku.com. Shout out to him. He did all the, the research to find these because it's a lot of work. <laughs> so... Uh, the name of the game is basically, is it a spell or attack from an RPG or is it an energy drink? So you guys will be saying E for energy drink or R for RPG spell or attack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or just, you know, verbally, just spell it doesn't or have drink. to be a letter. Yeah. Uh, what order are we going in? We will go, well, let's see. How about we go Joe, Tom, Dylan? Cause that's clockwise on my screen. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll keep a score. And whoever wins gets something. I don't know what they get. 
We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. I'll give them an elbow bump next time we see them. All right. So, so I don't win. Yeah. Number one, ultraviolet. Joe? Uh, energy drink. Tom? Ultraviolet? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go drink too. Okay. I'll, Dylan? I'll get a spell. All right. So far, the score is Joe one, Andrew one, Dylan zero. Sorry, Dylan. It is an energy drink. Okay, number two, pipeline punch. Joe? Um, energy drink again. Andrew? Yeah, I'm going to go drink as well. Dylan? I feel like punch is too obvious, so I'm going to go with spell. Okay, and <laughs> the score is Joe two. Andrew to Dylan zero. <laughs> uh, yeah. The punch, I just went immediately to drink when I read punch, but I guess you could think of it as like a physical punch. All right. Number three, blue bolts. Joe? Mm. RPG ability, spell, whatever. Andrew? Blue bolts. Yep. I'm going to go drink again. Okay. Dylan? Drink? Okay, the score is now Joe 3, Andrew 2, Dylan <laughs> 0. <laughs> Don't worry, there's 20 of these, so you still have time to come back. Uh, I kind of wish there was a little blurb about where they came from, but he doesn't say. It's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah like the game. That they yeah. Okay, so we are on number four, which is Star Blast. Joe? That's got to be an energy drink. Um, yeah, that's energy drink. I'm going to say it's a spell. I'm probably <laughs> still at zero after this. That's a flavor of bang. And yeah, Dylan, you're right. Uh, or I guess I should say you're wrong. Uh, Joe, you have four points now. <laughs> Andrew, you have three. Dylan has zero. It is indeed an energy drink. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, one I think sure. it is a bang, actually. I've yeah, heard that it, before. it's a bang flavor, yeah. Oh, this is a fun one. Uh, Kazapple. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that Joe? being in certain RPGs. That's energy drink. Andrew? I'm going to say spell. And Dylan. If Kazapple is not an energy drink, I'm going to just quit this game. It could be like out of like Fable or one of the more silly RPGs. That's true. Yeah. Okay. The scores are Joe 4, Andrew 4, Dylan 0. <laughs> <laughs> it is an RPG spell. And this is where the blurbs would be nice because I could say, yeah, it was I know, I wish I able, but it doesn't say. That was. If you know what that spell is from, write in. There you go. Dragon Quest. Tell us where the Kazapple comes from. Dragon Quest. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. We are on to number six. It is Broom Broom, as in like the, the sweeping instrument twice. That's an RPG spell. Yeah, I'm going to go with spell as well. Farce. I'm going to go with spell as well. <laughs> Get a point, Dylan. All right. Uh, Joe and Andrew have five points now. Dylan has earned his first point of the game. Yeah, Round of applause. Uh, edit in some clapping, Tom. Okay. Do some, like a soundboard. Anyways. Okay. Number seven. Cool Aura. Hmm. Joe? Mm, RPG ability. No, 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 no. Energy drink. <laughs> I'm okay. going to go. I'm going to go spell. Okay, Dylan. I'm going to go spell as well. All right, and Andrew has snagged the lead now. Joe with five, Andrew six, Dylan with two. It was indeed an RPG spell. Cool aura. (laughs) All right, number eight. 
<laughs> it is Green Storm. <laughs> Otherwise, what you call Shrek when he gets angry, Joe. <laughs> Energy drink. Green Storm. Okay. Spell. Okay. You go with energy drink. All right. It was indeed an energy drink. Mm. Joe has earned a point. Dylan's earned a point. Now Joe and Andrew are tied at six. Dylan with three. Now we're on to number nine. Summer dream. <laughs> Joe. Ooh. Uh, yeah, RPG tough. ability. And now this would make a great cocktail name. I know that's not either, but yeah. Andrew. What did Joe say? He said it was an RPG spell. I'm going to go energy drink. Okay, Dylan. I'm going to, I was going to say energy drink, but dream kind of seems like the opposite of what you'd want to name your energy drink. So mm. I'm going to go RPG yeah, spell. That's a good point. Good breakdown. Good analysis by Dylan. It's earned him a point as well mm. as Joe. It was indeed an RPG spell. Summer dream. All righty. The score stands with Joe at seven, Andrew at six, Dylan at four. On to number 10. It is called, in all caps, HELL, STRONG FOCUS. Just the word HELL is in all caps. Joe? STRONG FOCUS. HELL, STRONG uh, FOCUS. RPG ability. Tom? I want to keep going opposite to Joe, but it's not working out. Let me you just got a point going opposite to Joe, didn't you? Or was it? No, it was a while ago. Yeah. HELL, STRONG FOCUS. Yep. HELL in all capital letters. Strong focus. Screw it. Uh, I'll say energy drink. Hey, Dylan. It's got yeah. attitude. I'm going I'm to go with energy drink, too. I feel like this is one that would be like behind the glass at the cast register mm. in a gas station. You know, like yeah, kind of sketchy. Next to the, questionably legal. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That uh, is indeed an energy drink. Andrew yeah. and Dylan have earned points. Uh, I'll just wait and read the score at the end because it's getting tedious. Uh, <laughs> number 11. Thank you. Here, silver, zero. Joe? Energy drink. Tom? Heal, silver, zero. Pure, silver, zero. Pure, silver, Pure. zero. Okay. Um, I'm going to say spell. Dylan? I'm going to go with energy drink. Sounds it sounds like a diet energy drink. Final Fantasy-ish. Okay, it was indeed an energy drink. Damn. It was the zero. That's, that's the like zero calorie yeah. version. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Joe and Dylan have earned points for that one. All right, number 12, Dark Mist. Ooh, That's a spell. Mystical. Are there any that are both? Joe says spell. Uh, not on this list. Okay. Andrew? Dark Mist. Um, yeah, I'll say spell. Dylan? That sounds like a spell to me. You were all correct. Dark Mist was indeed an RPG spell. Number 13, Gold Rush. Joe? Spell. Energy drink. I'm, I'm going to go with energy drink as well. All right. Uh, it was indeed an energy drink. Now, I'm going to read the score this time because Dylan is gaining on y'all. Andrew and Joe both have nine. Dylan has eight. Ooh. So you better be careful. All right. We're on to number 14, Acid Storm. Acid spell. Storm. Okay, Andrew. Yeah, I'm going to say spell. I'm going to try to get a point where they both don't and say that it's an energy drink. All right. And that has immediately backfired for you, Dylan, because <laughs> it's an RPG spell. They now are two points ahead, tied at 10, Dylan at 8. But there's still time to bring it back. You've got five more opportunities. 
And we roll right into number 15, Big Shot. <laughs> that's, that's what my girlfriend <laughs> calls me. <laughs> Joe. Uh, I'm going to go energy drink. Andrew? Big Shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'll do RPG. Why not? Dylan? Yeah, it sounds like a hunter spell. Hey, it was indeed an RPG spell. Nice. So now Andrew has taken the lead with 11 points. Joe with 10, Dylan with 9. It's a very close race here to the bottom. Number 16, <laughs> trade and paint. Emphasis on the trade in. There's no G. It's an apostrophe. That's a spell. Yeah, I think that's a spell. Dylan? It's a drink. <laughs> and Dylan has claimed a point. Oh, wow. Oh, really? It was indeed an energy drink. Would uh, you drink something called trade and paint? Probably not. <laughs> I would think probably it would taste not, like paint thinner. Said like what acid storm was a drink. So clearly I'm not who, who you ask. This All is right. true. Okay. We're on to number 17 now. It is tribute CYP dash X. <laughs> yeah. The word tribute and then CYP dash X all in caps. Energy drink. I'll okay. go spell. I'm going to go spell too. I feel like this is from some like random JRPG or something. Well, unfortunately it was an energy drink. Well, not unfortunate for Joe. Who's now tied it back up with Andrew 11, 11 and Dylan right behind with 10 points. He's still got time. Let's go to number 18. Diamond <laughs> dust. Joe? Like, uh, I was born for esports, and yes, this counts as an esport. <laughs> I'm like a golf announcer. <laughs> no, that's much quieter. Diamond that's like dust. And we have Joseph pontificating that on the RPG spell. All right. Andrew? Hmm. Diamond dust. Diamond dust. That's one of those, whatever you say, you're immediately going to regret it. You said spell, I guess I'll say drink, because we can't be tied. Dylan? 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 Spell. Spell, okay. Yeah. Alrighty, Dylan is now tied with Andrew for 11 points. Joe snagging the lead with 12. Mm. It's getting close. Number 19, Zing. Wow, that's tough. Z-I-N-G. I'm going to say energy drink. Andrew? I'll say spell. Ever the contrarian, Dylan. I feel like I've seen this on an energy drink can, so I'm going to say energy drink. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, it was indeed an RPG spell. Andrew is now tied back up with Joe, 12-12. Dylan right behind with 11 this could be a three-way tie of first in LPF history, depending on the outcome <laughs> of question 20. Recovery grape. Oh, I hate this. this- <laughs> <laughs> you, you haven't played this the is, uh, this fruit is that, RPG? Uh, this feels like a battle of wit with a Sicilian. Like, that sounds like too obvious, like it's an energy drink. Oh, Because yeah. it's so obvious, it must therefore be a spell. But... Mm. He knows that I know. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm going to s- say you energy drink. Sicilian. When death is on the line, Joe says energy drink. 
Damn it. I'm all... Uh, you may as tied. well. You are tied. There's a few different outcomes that could happen here, of which I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll be contrarian and say spell, but I think it's a drink. But Alrighty, Dylan. I feel like it's too obvious to be a drink, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the opposite of Joe and say spell. Well, uh somebody give me a drum roll, please. Uh dubba 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 dub. <laughs> Joe, the master of intellect here, has taken the dub with the thirteen points. Uh recovery grape was indeed an energy drink, and the final score stands as Joseph von intellect with 13 points andrew with 12 and dylan with a staggering 11 (laughs) and uh that's all the time we have for i stole this game from a random kotaku article and i shouldn't be a host thank you (laughs) that was that was quite something i down to the wire as they say yeah so it was very close i was hoping for a three-way tie there were so many jokes i could make but oh well Oh, well. Does anyone have anything else that they want to mention before we close this one out? Uh, No, I don't think so. Cool. Well, this has been another episode of Level Playing Field. Thank you, Braden. Thank you, Joe. And thank you, Dylan, for joining me. I'm Andrew Kimball, and I've been your host. I want to thank everyone for checking us out. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and most importantly, sharing this with your friends. Just a quick reminder that if you have questions, topic suggestions, or criticism, send us an email at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com with anything you think could make our show better. Now say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Adios. See you.